You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda rhymes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Ryan. We are pleased to present to you Keith L. Underwood, an independent PR expert with over 20 years in the communications industry. He is an international advertising and marketing strategist, content creator, media writer, brand manager, print and digital media consultant, event coordinator, and creative director. In 2014, Underwood was the founder and digital content creator of WarriorsofWonder.com, a digital media platform featuring the latest news and reviews and information centering on diversity and the comic book genre. In 2016, Underwood created Califia and the Timeless Centuries. Califia and the queen after whom the state of California was named joins forces with other legendary heroes to fight cruelty and injustice in a world where time, space, science, and sorcery defy the laws of nature. The Califia and the Timeless Century Science Fantasy Motion Comic Book Web Series is currently available on YouTube. So for you comic book fans out there, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast featuring Keith L. Underwood of Califia and the Timeless Centuries. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And you know, today I just woke up and you know, I was ready to battle some evil. You ever had those days? where you like, look, just transport me to another dimension. You know, I don't want no, I don't want, I want a place that has no rhyme, no reason. Just give me the evil people, right? And me to battle it out. But you know, I was like, I got a little bit of a problem here because you know, I don't have a time machine. I'll have weapons. You know, I got a little bit of work I got to get done before I do this. So I might need a little bit of backup. So how about I call in a black Amazon queen Califia, to be exact, Califia in the timeless centuries, because she has a crew, y'all. She got a backup crew. So we're going to bring you into this world for this episode. These amazing characters, Black Amazon Queen, and I'm here with creator, screenwriter, producer, Keith L. Underwood. How you doing, Keith? What's up? Let me tell that's a, that's what I call an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm glad I'm doing so well and I'm I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm glad you appreciated the intro because these characters needed that intro because it's so amazing and so diverse. The characters you've created here, this universe you've created. But before we really dive into that though, I want to talk about because you got like 20 million jobs. I don't know how you have time for anything. So, <laughs> so I'm taking it back a little bit, right? Because for 20 years, if people do not know, for 20 years, you've been like an independent public relations expert. 
So I want to give people listening a little nugget of wisdom, right? Like content creators that might be listening starting out. What would you say is the most important thing you've learned about marketing yourself and branding yourself? Um, you have to take yourself outside of yourself. You know what I mean? Because mm. we can get emotional when we're attached to a project or to ourselves. So the first thing I would say is remove yourself from yourself. You have to treat yourself like you are the client. You get mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the main thing I would say. You have to remove yourself from yourself. Um, the other thing that I would say when, um, you know, um, the other most important thing I've learned about marketing myself is just, you know, uh, giving as much as you expect. So you have to have mutually and develop mutually, mutually beneficial relationships with people. I always try to, you know, barter my services or my help or my assistance for things that I might need. So that's mm -hmm. another one, too. It's just building really, really good re relationships and knowing that no man is an island. We got to support each other out here. Yeah, that's a, that is the truth. Seriously, when it comes, especially when it comes to like the diversity factor and and just expanding yep. the, the vision more, you know, how people don't see it like us all the time. And I always have to be in those rooms where you got to explain, you know, 20 times how you want a character to look. Um, but hey. speaking of which, though, you don't have to worry about that because we're talking about this self-funded black owned uh, Califia Comics. Bring us to that journey. How did you create that? Let me tell you, um, Khalif, the story of Califia about this black Amazon queen, um, it was all initially created way back in the 1400s by this cat named Garcia Rodriguez de Montalvo from a Spanish novel named uh, called Desplandian and it's an old novel and this story I'm from LA and mm -hmm. so this story of Califia this black Amazon queen who California was named after has kind of always been you know in my life it was a part of my education I was like wow California was named after this dark-skinned black woman and wow, so that was yeah. always and that was always in my head and so when I got into PR I was like building up everybody else's brands, making them money, making them money, doing the thing. And I had kind of put my creativity on the back burner. And so I said, you know what? I want to create my own IP. And so then I decided that, you know, the story of this Black Amazon queen has kind of always been dear to my heart. So let's make her the focus, you know, of this story. But the thing was, was that in the original novel she was like this very very obscure character that was just like this one chapter in this huge book and she was this powerful strong dark-skinned sister but she was kind of portrayed a little bit as an adversary and then she ended up giving up all of her beliefs um her people were conquered and colonized by Europeans. And I was like, nah, screech. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I decided to remix it with the help of the alternate history genre where you can take things from fiction and kind of mix them up, shake them up and twist it around. And um, I created this world where I stay true to the character and the origins of the character from the original novel but where the outcome that could have happened after that was much different. 
And then she needed some, you know, she had to have a crew, like you said earlier, you know, along with her. So I decided to take other characters of diverse backgrounds, not just, you know, European characters, except for William Tell. That's a different story. But um, other <laughs> characters from classic literature who were also from diverse backgrounds, who were either very obscure or I thought were also misrepresented and, you know, and mixed them up. Like, for instance, like a lot of people don't know if they know the story of King Arthur and they know about the Black Knight, they always just assume that it was just, you know, a white dude in some black armor. But no, the Black Knight is specifically said in all those old English texts to be a dark skinned more brother. There's no doubt about it. And people can often argue about who was black or white, like when it comes to Egyptian history or Egyptian mythology or whatever right. in some of these other places. But there's no arguing when somebody says that somebody was black and dark skinned or had nappy hair or whatever, or that their armor was as black as their skin. There's no arguing with that. So, and then I created this whole world for them to exist in together. Yeah, I, this is just a history lesson in itself for me. Like, who would have known, like, going back to what you just said, who would have known there was a Black woman, you know, had that foundation for California? Like, that beginning, oh, yeah. it's like those those are always a race, you know, in history. And that's why I love this, this world of, like you said, comics and adult animation. We can bring that stuff back and in a, such a cool way where, um, you know, you can really just like get people to think about it differently, you know, because they're gonna wanna dress like her. They might want her weapon. You know, the weapons look so cool and her powers. So it kind of brings them into this world that they were like, you know, I, maybe I need to investigate that a little bit more. A absolutely. And and I hope that that's what, hope that was ha that that's what happens. I know that the artwork attracts people and shout out, you know, to um, um, Sean Hawkins, who has done most of the artwork um, for Califia. We've had some other folks, but he's done most of the artwork and consistently. But I want that to draw them into the world of, you know, Califia and these characters, you know, and, 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 and we do understand that with comics, it is a visual medium, but there are some things and some lessons to be learned for them, too. Yeah. And you know what, speaking, I kind of want to dive into um, speaking of like the lessons and kind of breaking down um, and, you know, let me know, you know, we can back up if we don't want to give them too much, you know, give them a little surprise when they get to check it out or, you know, the future uh, Califia in the time of the century. But I want to kind of go through like some of the break down some of the characters a little bit. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, the Black Knight some more? Uh, Sir Morin himself. Uh, we got Don Henry you know, just to kind of start and kind of break down, you know, their powers and kind of how you came up with each one. Yeah, so um, Sir Morian the Black Knight, I definitely, and I'm glad that you, we, we're talking about him a lot because he's a very important character to me um, because he is a brother, right? That's, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. first and foremost. Yep. But oftentimes when we get into genre writing, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, we always and I am going to give a spoiler. Uh, okay. We always pair a black woman with a white man, as far as mm -hmm. romantically. And or we always pair, you know, um, um, a black man with a white woman. Well, I wanted to show a complicated black relationship. Now, that's a spoiler, because I haven't talked about that a lot on social media. 
that Morian and Califia, that they are a couple and a complicated couple. Um, and so I wanted to show that black love, that black um, experience with Morian. I also um, didn't want him just to be like this typical brother. He's very, because he is from England. He is from that um, chivalrous era, that Arthurian, you know, era. So he talks a lot like Thor from the MCU, you know, a lot of bravado, you know, <laughs> yeah. the whole, whole bit, because that's what he's a product of. And then also because he's this big black brother that he's, but he's also, he's not just the muscle. He is the leader of the centuries. And now that will be a huge spoiler, but <laughs> he will always be the leader of the centuries, no yeah, matter, yeah. no matter what happens, he'll always be that. And he's the strategic mind behind the centuries, not just the muscle. So that's, that's Morian is my boy. I, I, I like him a lot. And I think that he compliments Califia a lot. They complement each other. There's no one that is subservient in this relationship. And a lot of times when we have a strong female character, we feel that we have to emasculate the male. But as opposed to them being, you know, partners and building together, it might be complicated, but I wanted to show that. So that's why Morian was very important um, to me. And then with um, Don Henry, well, there had to be because, you know, the story is set in an otherworldly dimension where time has no rhyme or reason. Nobody mm -hmm. gets old after the age of 18, you know, and it's, it's for centuries it's been this way. There had to be a character from our world, from, you know, our Earth that could be our perspective, our POV in the story. And so I said, hmm, well, let me grab someone from American, you know, folklore, and then I'll make it a descendant of someone from American folklore. Again, always loved the story of John Henry, you know, the still driving man on the railroad. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, and when, when I kind of did a little research on John Henry, there was a debate on whether the story originated from, you know, the East Coast or from the South. Well, I was born in Birmingham, Alabama, but I was raised in California since the age of two. So there was that double connection for me. And yeah. so with so with John Henry, I said, well, let, let's set it in Harlem. though. We'll set it in Harlem and we'll have a female descendant of John Henry. And she's kind of discovering her family legacy and the importance, you know, of it. And so she's our POV on everything that's happening in the story. Um, because she's young, she's 18, you know, she's college bound. Um, she's got a storyline where she's being bullied by some girls who are jealous of her. So her story is pretty complex also. And it, and it also helps to ground the story from all the fantastical things that are happening in Lemuria. So that's, that's Don Henry. Madam Butterfly is also another important character, or Chocho-san, as she's you know called in Japanese. In the original story of Madam Butterfly, she was this basic, just this courtesan, you know, like this prostitute for this American soldier, and he promises to marry her, and and you know she gets pregnant, and he leaves her, and then comes back with his new white wife from America, and takes the baby away from her, and then in two versions of the story, she either kills herself or runs away. 
Well, in my story, yes, she runs away, but she runs away and joins a bunch of female ninjas and learns how to be an assassin and whoop some ass. Can I say Hey, there we go. Hey, yes, you can. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially when you talk about Madam Butterfly. Yeah. So that's that's how... So all of his alternate history. And then William Tell, yeah, he's our white boy, but he's not a token white boy. And and Mm -hmm. I said, if I'm going to add a white character for, you know, our white audience to identify with, it's got to be someone that understands, you know, the movement. And so in the original story of William Tell, he is a, um, a revolutionary. He starts a revolution because he's, he's being persecuted by other white people and his people are being persecuted by other white people. That's a white dude that's going to understand a little bit about what black yeah. folks go through. So that's, and then Mowgli, I wanted, um, you know, um, a character that was a, a Southeast Asian, you know, descent and a, a more popular character. And Mowgli is that, but he's also in the public domain. Let me drop that on there. But um, but uh, yeah, and, and he's got a storyline that's very interesting. I'm just going to drop it. I don't care. Um, he's gay. He's gay. And he's coming to and he's coming to terms with um with his gayness in the story as an adult, as a young mm-hmm. man. And um, let's see who did I miss anybody? Oh, Sycorax. Sycorax is another important character because we talk about her a lot amongst black people because she also is designated, she's Algerian. And um back in ancient times, white men would vilify strong women. And so Sycorax was made into this evil, controlling, ugly old witch. And, um, but there have been um, theorists that have said, no, that's not what she really was, but that's just how Europeans saw her. So I flipped, I'm like thinking like, if you've got all these mystical, magical powers, why would you go around looking like some old, ugly crone? I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. So my Sycorax is fly, you know, so she's, uh, and she, she definitely um, is, yep. Yes, yeah, she is. And she's got control and she's a sister, you know, she just, a, she's just a, a Becky with the good hair. So she, uh, <laughs> so she's still, <laughs> so she's still a sister and, um, and she's got control over elemental chaos magic. And the key with her is because there have been those negative connotations about the character is she yeah. a friend or is she a foe to the century? So that's that's everybody kind of in a in a nutshell. Yeah, I like and you know what's so cool um hearing you talk is about these different characters is how they could be, you know, a spin on something else, but a more of a backstory of what you want to see, you know. And I love how, of course, the women characters are not victims, they hold their own, their own against the men characters, which is always important when it comes to comics and symbolism and and you know even adults reading that sometimes you know it's about kids and certain elements but you know with this being adult animation just people being able to go through you know and seeing themselves in different lights you know if you have this one thing taken away from you that doesn't mean you're any less or you can't come back from it or you can't stand up to you know whatever you know villain or evil that you're facing let me tell you 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 get it. You hit the nail on the on the head because there are a lot of metaphors to those things in Khalifa. I don't try to beat people over the head with messaging. I'm just trying to give dimension to my characters and to my world. Mm-hmm. And so then if that means that I have to bring in some real world perspectives from from people or real, real world events in a metaphoric fashion, 
then I've done then I've done what I was supposed to do because all of these characters, yes, they are like for instance, I guess you could say Calipia has black superwoman syndrome where sometimes black women feel that because the the load of the black family has been on their back that they have to be perfect. They have to go beyond mm. above and beyond and they can't have emotions and feelings because they have to always be strong. So there are those kinds of messages that are in there. I appreciate you picking up on that. Yeah, and I just, and guys, I want to encourage you to, we'll have um, Keith will do all the plugs and everything for you guys as we kind of wrap, but go out and look at these images and just really, you know, sink into these characters, check it out. Because I'm just looking, I'm looking at the artwork now as you were going through each character and everybody looks badass, they're clothing is just amazing like I mean I'm just like I see them coming down the street I would be you know I'm like I'm gonna go hide because it ain't no telling <laughs> but you know <laughs> they you know they can defend they can protect you and I just like I just love it it's everybody's on equal footing the swords look just amazing so yeah I mean the the weapons and the and the sorcery of it all or the powers is just amazing and cool um, so yeah, you guys definitely go check it out. I want to talk to you though about another little element that I can't wait to see. Hopefully we're getting closer to development, but you're thinking about like an adult animated series or like a feature film, right? That's correct. Yeah, that is the direction that I'm going in. And, and, and just so everybody knows, yes, I have a background in entertainment, but comic books have always been a part of me. I'm not one of those and, and still is. I'm not one of those people that jumped on the bandwagon as a way to make money because they think that, you know, the comic book genre is a way to do that. I am a sincere right. fan because I'm a businessman. That's my that's still my escape from my reality as comic books. So I'm the real deal. And so I just <laughs> want to make that clear first. And, right, and yeah. so I wanted to create something. When I said I wanted to create an IP, I wanted to create something that was a passion of mine. So anyway, but yes, so that is the plan. Um, as of right now, uh, Califia is an independently um, produced comic book. And then we also have a motion comic as well, which is basically the first issue um, from the comic book series. That's what the motion comic is. And for those of you that don't know, a motion comic book is a comic book with animation elements. So don't buy it and say, why aren't the, mouth, the, uh, the mouths moving? Because it's a motion comic. <laughs> and so, uh, but the goal is ultimately because comic, the business of comic books and animation is still a business, um, the ultimate goal is for um, Califia to become a full-on animation or a full-on um film or um, live action film or television series. And that's what we're working towards. And we're making moves in that in that direction. I can't go into a lot of details, uh, right, but yes, yeah. but we're definitely making moves in that um, in that direction. And I think that's everybody's goal when they create um, a comic book um, IP is for it to evolve ultimately into an animated series. And, and yes, the money is nice. But when you are creative, you just want people to see your work. You know, you want people to be, and you want to see your work manifest into all of the different, you know, forms that it can be in. That's that's a that's a creative's goal. And so, yes, so we are definitely working on that. And I, I love the idea too of the motion comic. 
I saw the trailer that you put out um, for Khalifa and her um, in the in the centuries. You know, got to keep them in there. You got to keep the crew together. That's so, right. Um, yes. But uh, my yeah, lawyer it was would so... agree with you. <laughs> it was so uh, just like visually stunning. Like I said, the animation is great. Um, and like you said, I don't expect the mouths to move. It's still visually stunning without that. It is a motion comic. You know, you got to put emphasis on that for people. But yeah, just looking at the trailer was just amazing. But let's go. Um, let's go back to because you mentioned it a little bit. What were your early being a fan of comics and you know superheroes and a, and it's that for me too, where it's a way to kind of escape other stuff, right? You kind of get pulled into these characters. For you, what were some of your early um, inspirations as far as comic book characters or heroes that you're like, oh, I want to do that one day. Oh yeah, most definitely. I would definitely, like most people, I started out as a DC boy, you know, um, <laughs> definitely, you know, started out in that direction. So Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, you know, the Trinity, you know, mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. course. And then, you know, um, and then expanded more um, into the, the Bat world and then evolved on into Milestone and then more of the independent um, comic books from there. And then because I had a curious mind in reading comic books, and I always tell people that comic books are a way to expand your child's mind or your teen's mind or whoever, because a lot of the characters were based on characters from myth or literature, then that led me to reading, you know, more about mythology and folklore and literature, you know, and those other kinds of things. And then sticking back to the comics, then I went to some of the indies, like um, even before they became film and television projects, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and then uh, another very, well, it's not little known, but it's definitely clique, uh, um, what's clickish, um, Warren Ellis's Planetary, um, mm -hmm. um, Wildstorm, kind of moving over into that universe. So yeah, those were Dwayne McDuffie, Definitely um, yeah. as a hero of mine. Um, Alan Moore, um, Warren Ellis. Um, yes, yeah, just so, so many people that I admire. Neil Gaiman, you know, just so many people who I admire. Um, that world building, world building has always been a thing for me. Alternate history, um, character development, and all of the people that I just named were are very and were um, shout out to Dwayne McDuffie and his family. Um, and um, they, that was a big influence on my style. Yeah, you know, world of uh, developing, like you're saying, character development is such a rabbit hole when you become a fan in this world. And it kind of and it leads to so many cool things, so many cool avenues that you could go down because you're just excited about this universe somebody has created for you to be able to escape into. So I'm just like I said, I'm so excited to to be able to look at more, to look at more of these motion comics, um, you know, for Califia in the in the centuries and, you know, just be able to dive more into these characters that, you know, we get to put a spin on and we get to see in this heroic light that we wouldn't always get to see them in in history in in certain ways. So tell us where we can get our copy, you know, we can keep up with the characters, give us all the plugs. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, Califia Comics, C-A-L-I-F-I-A, comics.com. Um, on Instagram to follow, you know, whatever artwork, tribute artwork we're putting up or information and news. Um, that's also at Califia Comics. Um, let me see. 
Yeah, and that's us that's us across the board. Also on Facebook at Kalifia Comics. We don't use Twitter anymore. Sorry, y'all. But uh, <laughs> uh, and y'all know why. And so yeah, um, yep. but yeah, but um, but definitely IG, um, Facebook, that's where you can find us. But most importantly, just go directly to our website, Kalifia Comics. You can also find merch there. We've got uh t-shirts, hats. Um, the motion comic, comic books. There's a lot of stuff. It's, it's, and if I say so myself, it's a live site. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get your merch. Yeah, the site is definitely, yeah, the, the site's definitely hitting because I'm over here looking. I'm still I'm still flipping through as you're talking. So, yeah, guys, go check it out. Um, check out the characters. Okay. As we wrap, though, you know, yeah. when you're not creating comics, Mr. Yeah. Uh, multi-talented guy that you are here, you are hosting a new radio show for Tavis Smiley called Black in the Green Room. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, Black in the Green Room. That's a that's a that's a spot where you know you can tune in and not just hear interviews from entertainers, but also people that work behind the scenes, creatives and showbiz execs. And I wanted to show us, I wanted to show black folks that it's not always about being in front of the camera, although we do cover that. But also, there are careers in entertainment behind the scenes, too. And we cover all types of genres, from actors to singers, dancers, producers, um, showbiz execs, writers, everybody across the directors, producers. So we talked to everybody on Black in the Green Room. And the main thing that I wanted to do was no gossip. Now, if you hear something, if you get some tea, you're going to get it directly from that person's mouth. It's not going to be me trash talking somebody for a half an hour or just dropping the juice because I'm here to edutain. And so that's what <laughs> Black in the Green Room is about. You're going to come there. You're going to have some fun, but you're going to also get some useful information towards your career in entertainment. Oh, I like that. Edutain. I'm going to put that on the shirt. I like, I'm going to use that now. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith, that yes. has KBLA been such... Talk 1580 is where you can find it. 10 oh, there's, yeah, yes. KBLA, guys, 1580. Don't forget. Check it out. Um, But uh, yeah, Keith, it's been, a, it's been amazing to talk to you. I am just, I'm excited to see where these characters go. I hope it continues to evolve. I hope we see more motion comics from you, from the team that you work with. And yeah, it's just been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's been the same for me. Thank you so much for your time. And again, I told you before we started, you know, I've just always been a fan of your podcast and 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 everything that you're doing. So thank you so much. Thank you. You know, and you know, I always got to shout out just Black Girders as a whole, because um, I get to host the podcast. And we appreciate you being a fan. We appreciate thank any you. kind of fans. And I hope you continue to come back as your your career continues to blossom and grow. Cause yeah, I'm excited for you. So this is cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.